Welcome to the Influence and Impact Podcast for Female Leaders. My name's Carla Miller, and I'm a leadership coach who helps female leaders to tackle self-doubt, become brilliant at influencing, and make more impact at work. I've created this podcast to help you to become a more inspiring and impactful leader. And I want to become the leadership BFF you didn't know you were missing until now. If our most recent podcast episode about how perfectionism could be holding you back really resonated with you, then you will be pleased to hear that this week's episode is all about the six super practical strategies that you can use to stop perfectionism holding you back. Um, And we're not even talking about radically dropping your standards, you'll be pleased to hear. So I'm going to roll that for you in just a minute. Uh, A quick update in terms of what's been happening. We are on week two of the school summer holidays up here in Cumbria. It has rained pretty much every day and I am doing the juggle. Um, I think last time I recorded an intro, my head was all over the place and you could probably hear that. Bit calmer this time. It's been interesting dealing with some unexpected things um, at work alongside lots of requests for playing and a lot of mummy why don't you play with me enough and thankfully grandparents are just down the road and are getting called upon very often Um, but hopefully at some point the sun will come out and we can be outside and just relax and chill a little bit more. We also finished off the final um, session of the current cohort of Influence and Impact. We had 17 amazing women on that from all different sectors. And it's been fantastic getting to know them and seeing the increase in their confidence and believing in themselves. Um, Quite a few of them have been going for interviews. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed for a couple of them as I record this. Um, And it's such a privilege doing the work that I do. I love doing this podcast. I like the idea that hopefully it's giving a little bit of inspiration or even just one practical tip you can use when you listen to it. But it's so nice to work with people more closely and get to know them and go deep on all of these topics, including perfectionism, imposter feelings, and that really vocal inner critic that many of us have. So if you're interested in working with me more closely, I've got a couple of slots for one-to-one coaching available. Um, There is also a September cohort of Influence and Impact and an October cohort of Be Bolder, the Confidence and Assertiveness course. So I would love to see you in there. If you're interested, head to my website. You can download PDFs, which you can share with your line manager about the two programs um, to hopefully get them on board and paying for you. Right. For those of you that are not experiencing school summer holidays, I hope you are having a nice relaxing summer and getting a break and solidarity to the rest of you who are experiencing school summer holidays with rainy weather right now. Um, On to the episode. Last week's episode of the Influence and Impact podcast We looked at why perfectionism and overworking and just working so hard to try and prove that you're good enough is actually not the secret to your success. In fact, it may well have been causing you some harm. 
And there's a quote I love from Julia Cameron, who is the author of the book The Artist's Way. She says, perfectionism is not a quest for the best. It is a pursuit of the worst in ourselves, the part that tells us that nothing we do will ever be good enough. And I love that quote. And if you haven't listened to last week's episode about why it's time to ditch perfectionism, go back and listen to that one first. And then in today's episode, I'm going to be sharing with you some very practical strategies you can use if you think you have got some perfectionist traits and would like to choose to keep high standards, but be happier in the way that you work. So I'm going to share those strategies with you now. The first strategy is to consciously choose your effort level. So at the moment, what you're probably doing is applying your full energy to absolutely everything that you take on. But actually, not everything requires your full energy and effort. So if you're working on a detailed budget forecast, for example, then absolutely, you want it to be completely accurate. You don't want any mistakes in that. But if you're sending an email to a colleague, then a typo isn't the end of the world. So you probably don't need to reread it five times to check that it's okay. You can just give it a quick once over and then off it goes. So it's about consciously choosing your effort level. There isn't enough time for you to be able to give 10 out of 10 in terms of effort level to everything on your to-do list. Attempting to do that just means that the things that you have to do pile up and up and up and you won't meet your deadlines. You'll have to start saying no to some things that actually you want to say yes to. So first of all, it's about accepting that. And it might be that you've never really reflected on that. It's just been your default to give maximum energy to everything. And then unsurprisingly, you're always feeling like you're running behind and you're exhausted um, because it it takes a lot out of you to constantly be operating like that. And we're going to talk about that a bit later. So if you accept that giving 10 out of 10 to everything means that some things that are important don't get done, then you have to accept that you're going to have to start identifying some tasks that don't require you to give 10 out of 10. Sometimes a task is an 8 out of 10, or sometimes it's even a 6 out of 10. I probably wouldn't go much lower than a 6 out of 10. If you're only doing something 5 out of 10 in terms of effort and good enough, uh, there's room for mistakes in there probably. So I'd, I'd go for 6 upwards, but it's about consciously choosing basically. And that means you're not spending all of a day trying to do things that are 10 out of 10 because your brain will get exhausted and it will be hard to keep the quality up. So instead, in any one day, you can have a mixture of effort level in terms of tasks. I know this might feel like a crazy idea, but you can choose how much effort you put into something. And equally, this refers to your working week or your working day as well. You don't have to be in fifth gear all the time. And in fact, if you do that, if you are constantly driving in fifth gear, you're just going to break your car. I don't actually know enough about cars to know if it's the clutch or the engine or the gearbox that you would break. 
But something in your car is going to break if you constantly drive in fifth gear. It's not appropriate to constantly drive in fifth gear. And I used to metaphorically try and drive in fifth gear all the time in terms of how I approach work until I realized that actually there are some things where I can be in second gear. So I could have a really intense morning and then I could have a complete break at lunch and then maybe do something that's a bit slower in the afternoon, for example. So just bear in mind this idea that you don't have to be in fifth gear all the time and it's not always helpful. Choose the appropriate gear for the activity that you're doing. And I've had clients that have had a lot of success with this and found it a really practical strategy um, and they've actually used it with their team as well. So they've looked at all the things they've had to do and said, well, if we try and give maximum effort to all of these, it's not going to be possible. So which are the tasks that are most important? Which are the ones that require the most effort or the most attention to detail? And which are the ones that actually we can do to a good enough standard? And that's what we're going to talk about next evaluating, re-evaluating or recalibrating your standards. So if you're highly driven, then your version of good might well be someone else's version of excellence. You might be constantly going above and beyond at all times when you don't need to go above and beyond. And in fact, those standards that you're holding yourself and other people to could be holding the team back because people feel like they can't meet them. So it's worth having conversations with people as well about what does excellent look like in terms of the delivery of this project and letting them speak first rather than going straight in with the best thing that you can absolutely think of that's going to kill you to deliver. And that's in the context of somebody passing a project to you um, and that promise, the over-promising, over-delivering isn't a great default to have. I think you can be realistic about what can be delivered and then you can exceed expectations. That always feels good, but it doesn't feel good when you have promised the world to everyone and you just can't deliver. Equally, it doesn't feel good when you say yes to everything, when actually you know you can't actually do it. Often perfectionists will overpromise and then kill themselves trying to deliver what they've promised. And um, we're working so hard to try and live up to that when people didn't need all of that extra stuff that we're offering. So this is another version of not being in fifth gear all the time and trying to reevaluate and recalibrate your standards. The next is done is better than perfect. Or another way of looking at that is good enough. Focus on good enough. This is a mantra that's great if you procrastinate because you want something to be perfect or if you overthink because you want, want to come to the right decision. Done is better than perfect. If I wanted to get each of these podcast episodes absolutely perfect, they would take me forever to plan and write scripts for. And they, they take me a pretty long time as it is just for this rough and ready version. But if I waited for that, you wouldn't get a weekly episode from me. Um, and if I'd waited to create this podcast until I was good at podcasting, then you wouldn't get any <laughs> podcasts from me because my podcasts are not perfect. So perfection holds you back. It's a place of fear. Um, 
a place where we don't want to let something to go out in the world if it's not perfect because it means something about us. But as I talked about on the last episode, actually the quality of your work doesn't mean very much about you as a person at all. And as I want to cover in the next point, it's much more powerful to take action and then iterate and improve from there. Because when you're overthinking or when you're procrastinating because you want it to be perfect, you're basically just on a hamster wheel. You're running and running and your mind, or at least your mind is running and you're not going anywhere. You're not making any progress. So if you take action, you put something out there, you get more information, more feedback, more input, and then you can then take that information and create something better or make a better decision from there. And that's why software companies, for example, don't create the finished product and put it out there. They create what they call the minimum viable product, which is something that works. And then they get feedback and they find out from their customers what they actually need and which of those amazing ideas they wanted to add are things that the customer actually wants. So I'd encourage you when you're stuck in that cycle of overthinking to try and take some action, even a small step forward and commit to iterating and growing and learning from there rather than having everything be perfect first time around or at the beginning. Another strategy is when you are setting your goals and your targets, set them more realistically. So if you know you always push yourself really far when you're setting yourself a deadline or um, a KPI of some kind or a target of some kind, then think about actually reducing it by, I don't know, 20%. Um, Or if that feels really uncomfortable, start with five. (laughs) Think about reducing it by 20% as a default. So if you were normally setting yourself a target, let's say you're a salesperson, you're normally setting yourself uh, an unrealistic target of the number of calls that you can make. And then that creates dread and you don't want to make them and you're relieved when someone doesn't answer. Well, instead, what you could do is set it for 20% lower and just focus on doing those ones well. This speaks to the over-promising and over-delivering, but it's also about what you set for yourself as well. This applies to the rest of life as well. One of the things um, that we talk about in Influence and Impact when it comes to imposter syndrome is there is a certain type of person that wants to be superwoman. And it's all about how many things you can juggle at any one time and be successful at all of them. And that version of perfectionism, which is linked to imposter syndrome, imposter feelings, um, really also leads to issues. And so being able to, your goals might not necessarily be about how much you do of something, it might be how many different things you're doing. So perhaps you're someone who Um, likes to have a million different projects on the go all at one time and you wonder why you get burnt out when at the same time you want to do brilliantly at them all that's a superwoman profile then perhaps do less things and enjoy some spaciousness somewhere in your life I'm trying to embrace the idea of spaciousness I love the sound of it and creating it takes discipline and breaking habits of the ways you've done things and then finally perfectionists are terrified of failure So if you want to work on your perfectionist traits, then it's time to practice embracing failure. (laughs) Terrifying idea, I know. But you can do it in quite a fun 
way. So one of the ways I stopped being such a perfectionist is I started doing some things that I knew I wasn't very good at and embraced that beginner's mindset, embraced not having to be in control of everything. So at the time I learned to play, well, I joined a netball team. It was so nice not to be captain, not to be in charge of anything. And, you know, I was okay. I wasn't brilliant at netball, but I didn't need to be brilliant. I just needed to enjoy it. Um, Equally, I did rock climbing. There were all sorts of things. Like right now, if I wanted to practice something I wasn't good at, I would choose something arty or creative and really embrace, um, because I have no natural (laughs) ability when it comes to art and creative things. And so really embrace that idea. And what that does is it just expand your comfort zone with not being super successful at everything. It helps you to rethink what failure actually means. And there's this idea of mastery that I really like as well. And and it's something I think people used to focus on years ago um, in um, even previous centuries when they had apprenticeships where you, you would pick your trade and you would, over time, you do the same thing for many, many years. And over time, you would you would develop mastery in that trade. And I think that's linked to the growth mindset idea as well, this idea of having 10,000 hours of something to be expert at it. But if instead of trying to get straight to the point where you're brilliant at something, you committed to mastery, you picked something that was important to you and you said, right, over the next five years. So I've tried to do this with tennis. I haven't made much progress of late, what with a child and all the tennis clubs shutting but I'm not very good at it, but I really like it. And so instead of getting stressed out that I wasn't winning matches or indeed initially confident enough to play any matches, what I did was say, right, in five years time, I want to be playing at club level a couple of times a week and really enjoying it and working towards gradual mastery of that and enjoying the process, enjoying the journey, which as we talked about on the last episode is something high achievers do that perfectionists don't do as well. So I hope that these strategies will be helpful for you. As I talked about in the last episode, and I want to reiterate here, actually, if you want to change this, the place that you really need to start is the beliefs that you have about yourself, about work, about what work means about you. And that's what we do within my group coaching program, Influence and Impact. It's also what you can do within my Lead From Within, Self-Guided course, you can identify your beliefs. And there are lots of different techniques. And I share quite a few of them because different ones work for different people to help you to reframe those beliefs because your beliefs drive your thoughts and your feelings and the action you take and therefore drive the results that you get as well. So these mental strategies, these practical strategies will be really helpful. But if you want to fundamentally change how you feel about yourself, then it's the beliefs that you need to work on. So if that's something you want to look at, then drop me a message on LinkedIn and we can talk about influence and impact and when that next opens. Or you can just go to my website and look at the Lead From Within program there, which um, hopefully is priced at a nice cost-effective price point for you. That is the end of our conversation on perfectionism. It's going to come up again at some point, particularly uh, if we talk about imposter feelings, imposter syndrome, because it's really closely aligned to that. And as I said last time, don't beat yourself up if you do feel like you're a perfectionist. Just try some of these strategies and don't try all of them at once. Just pick one 
that you're going to do something on this week that will help you to just not push yourself quite so hard. Okay, well, good luck with that. Let me know how you get on. If you enjoy this podcast, lots of you have been really wonderful and dropped me a note on LinkedIn or on my Instagram, which is this is Carla Miller. But I love to hear how this podcast is helping people. It helps me when I'm sat here trying to think of things to talk to you about and creating the time to create these for you. So it makes me feel so much better when I know that they are making a difference to people. And enjoy the rest of your day. So if you've been listening to this and thinking, I think perfectionism might be a bit of an issue for me, and it's something I'd like to feel less alone in, I'd like to normalise and stop beating myself up for, and if you'd like to do that alongside other people so that you feel much more normal in your perfectionism and so that you're not judging yourself and beating yourself up then do look at our be bolder confidence and assertiveness course that is coming up in october it's for women at any level um, and 94 percent of people who take it come out feeling more confident with a more positive mindset more willing to and able to have challenging and courageous conversations and more willing to speak up in meetings. So love that course, would love to see you on it. If you are a manager or leader, then check out Influence and Impact, which starts in September. That's our three-month women's leadership development program, where we go deep on all of this stuff in terms of confidence, self-doubt, imposter feeling. We also look at your personal leadership brand, how you can increase your impact. And obviously we look a lot at influencing as well and how to get others to value and respect your opinion. That's a small group, up to 20 of you working really closely with me and I would love to have you on that if that resonates with you. Most of the people who've been on it are podcast listeners. So I think you've got a great sense of how it's gonna feel being on that course and on my website you can download a pdf to share with your manager for either influence and impact or be bolder and that helps make the business case for why it is worth investing in you and sending you on those courses so hope to see you on one of those at the end of the summer Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you're not already subscribing, please do so so that you don't miss any future episodes. And if you want to go deeper on the topics that we talk about here on the podcast, on confidence, self-doubt, imposter feelings, increasing your influence, being better at leading, then there are a few avenues that you can take. The simplest is to get yourself a copy of my book, Closing the Influence Gap. If you love this podcast, it is crazy if you don't already own that book because it's got so much of the content from the podcast in a really accessible way and so many practical tools and strategies. It's basically a practical guide for women leaders who want to be heard in the workplace. You can grab a copy in any uh, bookstore. Now, we also run a couple of open programs. Uh, We run them once or twice a year each. There is Be Bolder, our four-week confidence and assertiveness course, which is suitable for women at any level. 
And then there's also Influence and Impact, which is our Women's Leadership Development Programme. That's a three-month small group cohort working closely with me. And then my team and I also work in-house in organisations. Sometimes that's working with women leaders, whether that's running a whole women's leadership programme or running one of our really popular masterclasses for women leaders. Sometimes it's working with early to mid-career women, where we're often sharing our Be Bolder confidence and assertiveness programme. We also offer gender neutral versions of that, which are becoming increasingly popular because women aren't the only people experiencing confidence challenges. And then finally, we do work with allyship and supporting men to help bring about gender equity in the workplace as well. So if you are heading up a team or a department or within your organization, you're responsible for the people function or L&D and would like to have a chat about how we can work together, I would absolutely love that. And you can go to my website and book a call. Or if it's simpler, head on over to LinkedIn. Let's connect and let's chat there. I would love to take working with you to the next level um, and help you to become an organization that retains and develops and supports the talented women that work for you.